welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. And for me, it's a bit of a welcome back. So I haven't been a podcast host for quite a few weeks now. We've had Jeff doing a great job as our go-to host for the Inspirational Australians podcast. And you may have heard recently a brand new host, Stephanie Lenahan, who interviewed Steffi Patience, the two Steffs, went at it, and they were fantastic. Highly recommend you go back and check out that episode. Steffi Patience was the guest who is an author and has a super interesting story, amazing uh, adversity she's overcome and persistence and just some great life insights and beautiful messages there in that podcast. So go and check that one out. For today's guest, I have another inspirational Australian, uh, Taylor King from the Northern Territory, now living in Queensland. And Taylor was recently a finalist in the 2022 Young Achiever Awards for the Northern Territory in the Mindle Beach Travel, Tourism and Hospitality Award, which was a brand new award category for the program. And it was really cool to see these stories of young people really pioneering tourism, hospitality in so many different areas uh, throughout the territory. And uh, in Taylor's case, a Territorian who's now moved into other areas and in other spots of Australia. So I'm excited to speak to Taylor this morning and find out about her career because it is quite cool. So as I said before, starting in the Territory, working at a really cool place called Fat Mango. If you're ever in Darwin, go and check that out. And then was involved with the NT Training Awards as well. And then moved up to Queensland and Townsville working at the RAF base. Very interesting to hear about. And uh, in some ways, Jeff would have had some great things in common because uh, Jeff had a lot to do with the RAF in Adelaide uh, when he was younger. From there, she's moved up to far north Queensland. And Taylor says her ultimate goal as a chef is to inspire and train the next generation of young chefs, showing them that hospitality is one of the best industries to be in and it's never too late to chase your dreams. Taylor, that's a pretty cool statement to uh, invite you in on. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. So yeah, that's a really cool goal to have. And is it something that has been you know, really recent for you that's kind of almost like an epiphany? Or have you always had that in mind? Uh, no, it actually has been very recent. So starting my apprenticeship, there was a lot of people who like question you as why you're a chef and like they say it's so hard like why are you doing this you get fry pans thrown at your head I'm like it's not always like that like you know <laughs> working in a kitchen is really cool so I sort of want to be like a voice to them and inspire them to start a career in hospitality because like I said it literally is like one of the best careers you can work in. That's awesome so not every head chef is like Gordon Ramsay then? <laughs> no definitely not. <laughs> It is funny you mentioned that because I suppose that is a bit of a uh, perception that, yeah, chefs can be a bit volatile or or that industry can be a bit volatile. So it'd be great to chat to you and get your your experience. So you grew up in the Territory, is that right? Uh, no, I grew up in Sydney and then I moved to Territory probably about six years ago. Yep. And uh, and that's, is that where you started, your apprenticeship? Yes, in 2018 I started my apprenticeship. Yeah, right. And so I guess I really honestly don't know. So I'm interested to hear, when you start an apprenticeship, do you start through you know, a TAFE or a, a school and then you get a, go to a restaurant or is it the other way around? Uh, the other way around. So a business will look for an apprentice and then they will pay for your training as well as working at their restaurant. 
I did my apprenticeship at the convention centre and I finished my whole, I think it was two and a half years at the convention centre. Yeah, so that would have been interesting because so many different events and, and different, you know, types of food preparation there at, at a convention centre. Yeah, definitely. Like there was buffet, there was uh, seated dining, uh, there was lunches for like meetings. So it was definitely a challenge, but I'm glad I started my apprenticeship there. That's great. And what was the balance of, you know, working on the job at the convention centre versus the study component? Uh, So I worked four days a week at the convention centre and then I did one day at trade school. Yeah, right. And so what was the, you know, with your involvement with the MT Training Awards, can you tell us a little bit about that, when that happened and and kind of what the experience was like? Yeah, so that happened towards the end of my apprenticeship. My workplace nominated me as um, an entrant and I got chosen. It was by far one of the best experiences so far. You know, I met so many people who were in the same situation as me. I was nominated for the Austin Ash Apprentice of the Year, that award in particular. So I was there with a few other apprentices and I still keep in contact with them these like today. Yeah, it was, it definitely taught me to step outside my comfort zone, meet new friends and yeah, it was very memorable. That's really cool. So Taylor, after the NT Training Awards, or it might have been at the same time, when did you kind of move on to Fat Mango? So from Darwin Convention Centre, moving across there? Uh, So I actually knew the guy who opened Fat Mango, Martin. He mentored me through some previous competitions and I mentioned how I wanted to expand my horizons and try working somewhere new. And he offered me a job at Fat Mango. So I I took that leap of faith and decided to work somewhere new. And it paid off because I learned so much in just a short amount of time that I was there. Uh, and like, if you're ever visiting Darwin, definitely go to Fat Mango. It's um, Australiana theme. So we definitely focus on like using local produce there. Yeah. So tell us a bit about, you know, Chef Martin and, and Fat Mango. Because, yeah, I've, you know, done my, I haven't been there, but I have heard about it. And if you look at the Google reviews and basically any platform that does reviews, it's as close to five stars as you can get with so many, like hundreds of reviews. So it's obviously very highly rated. Yeah, it is. I think one of Martin's goals was is to like change the face of hospitality. Uh, So like I said earlier, with the hours working as as a chef, it's not always long hours. Like you do get split shifts, but, you know, you do take into consideration that you do have a social life and that you need to also do that. So that was one thing. The hours there were really good. Uh, The food... You know, it was an open kitchen, so you definitely got to see people's expressions on their face when they got to try the food. Uh, it's also intimidating when they're also staring at you, saying, where's my food? But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Martin, throughout the whole time, you know, he's very supportive. Uh, he's always open to hearing your ideas. And if you have a goal or dream, he will help you chase that dream. Yeah, so if you want to work there, I highly recommend that too. Yep, and uh, even just a visit for eating, yeah? Yes, even just eating. <laughs> what was something that, you know, food-wise that you think you really learned uh, at Fat Mango that was kind of a, a new thing for you coming out of your apprenticeship? Uh, so it was using native produce. One of them was ants' nests. So, like, in the NT you have green ants, and when you eat them, they taste citrusy. So we 
it was annoying because our head chef at the time used to go and collect the ants nests and then you have to pick through them and pick out the good ants and oh, then really? use it. Yeah, it was very time consuming. And you have to we used it on a garnish in a dessert. Oh, in a dessert. Wow. Never heard of it in a dessert. Yeah. Um it was a like a lime curd with chocolate. It was really really good. Yeah, wow. That's really cool. So yeah, do you have to use like little tweezers or something because I've seen them. I've actually seen in the Seven Seasons, I think it's called, the gin that uses uh, the green tree ants. And they're tiny. Yeah, they're tiny. Like tweezers or even like a pastry brush just to separate them would work. That's phenomenal. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah, so you're working at Fat Mango and how long do you think you work there for? Uh, it was close to six months. Yeah. Um, and then... Me wanting to be bold again, I decided to make the transition to Queensland. It was a very spontaneous decision. I'm just like going to Queensland and I did. Really? Yeah. What was there? Was there something behind that move or you just felt like a change? Um, I knew my family always wanted to end up in far north Queensland. Uh, my sister was already studying in Townsville, so that probably also made the leap a bit easier. Uh, yeah. So also it's similar temperature to Darwin, hot humid, sticky, so it would feel like home anyway. Yeah, right. And so you like that temperature? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, that's really cool. So you've moved up to uh, far north Queensland and is that where you started working at the Townsville RAF base? Yes, it was. So for anyone who doesn't know, RAF is the Royal Australian Air Force. So, again, what a huge change. Darwin Convention Centre, you know, really fancy like a, restaurant like Fat Mango and then to the RAF base, was that like, was that unlike anything else or was it in some way similar to the convention centre? Uh, I thought it was going to be similar to the convention centre, but it was very different. Like they like I was only just qualified at the time and I was expected to work on my own and produce like buffet food to the pilots for like 200 people on my own. Oh, on your uh, own? Yeah. So it was very, uh, you know, there was a lot of pressure, but it was so much fun. Like I also got to learn other new skills as a chef to improve like, me better. Yeah. So was that kind of something that you had to teach yourself though, being, you know, on your own? Uh, so I did like the, at a time there were two chefs always working. So one will be at the back prepping for the next day and then I'll be cooking like lunch and dinner all day for the pilots. Um, so, yeah, I did have someone there to guide me. But at the own time, like at the same time, I was teaching myself how to do it as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll ask the same question as, as with Fat Mango. What do you think is something, you know, major that you learned uh, from that role? Uh, it was definitely a lot of dietaries. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they wouldn't have personal dietaries, but it was like a rule that you had to always like give them a certain amount of protein, a certain amount of veggies, and we had to serve the food like the meat protein to them but yeah i think is that from a like nutrition standpoint from the air force they yes. like you know, giving them the uh i guess controlled diet for their training and all of that stuff yes yeah, so they could eat anything they wanted except the meat part had to be a certain like 200 grams wow that's amazing um yeah. i guess uh for the people who just love their meat they're probably wanting more but yeah, it was very hard to say no sometimes. <laughs> did you have any 
uh, I'm putting you on the spot here, like vegans or vegetarians and had to deal with their protein intake differently? Uh, very rarely, actually. Like we had to have a vegetarian dish. Uh, nine times out of ten, it never got touched. Uh, oh, but then okay. when, when you get like the training groups in, there'd be a lot of vegos. But they do get a bit more like uh, vegetarian than the meat. Yep. Yep. That's fair enough. Yeah. So, and again, you know, how long were you at the RAF base and, and what, I guess, was behind that move uh, to Cairns? Uh, so, I was there for six months. Um, I felt like I'd learned all that I could um, at the RAF base. And yeah, and then mum and dad told me they bought a house up in Cairns and they'd be moving there September, which is now. So I decided to move up there before them. All right. And so where were they living this time? But they, they weren't in Townsville with you? No, they were in Darwin the whole time. All right. And so now you've, uh, you've come back together yes. in Cairns. Yeah. Yeah, how cool. So one thing I haven't mentioned yet, well, there's a few things actually that are, you know, maybe going back in time here. Uh, I understand you're also a top 10 finalist in a Nestle cooking competition. Can you explain that? Because, uh, yeah, I'm not really aware of that one and kind of what that means and, uh, and what that whole, you know, competition was like. Yeah, so that was in or towards the end of COVID. Uh, so usually with Nestle, you partner up with another chef and you create like a three-course dish in your regional heat. Um, but due to COVID, it was solo and it was all virtual, which was a whole different experience. Um, I created a dish that was home to me. So I used local produce from the NT and I made it through the regional heats and made yeah, it. So what, what, what was the dish? You're going you to tell me about the dish. It's exciting. Uh, <laughs> So I did uh, barramundi. It was pan fried, and I accompanied it with uh, pea puree, burnt butter sauce, uh, rosella flowers, um, and also some uh, broccoli as well. I mean, that does sound extremely good. <laughs> Got to be honest. And uh, so, how does that work? Who who tastes? Does someone taste it, or is it on the presentation? Or uh, so it was a video. It was all about the presentation. Uh, yeah. You had to explain why you were using the ingredients, also like um, the process and how you did it, if you did anything special than the usual culinary techniques. Yeah, and then they judged it out of, I think it's 100 that they judged a video out of. Yeah. And then you get told. Say, is, that, is that different to previous years due to COVID? So there's not as many, you know, as you said, it was only solo and not, not a team thing. Yeah, so in previous years, you go to a local uh, kitchen um, and you pair up with someone and you together create a three-course meal. Out of, like, they usually give you a list of ingredients that you can only make that dish from. So you can't use any other ingredients except what's on the list. Um, yeah, and then you have like judges there who judge you on how you perform and usually it's about your clean, cleanliness, uh, your wastage, uh, your missing place, which is how you set up um, to start the competition and your uh, prep. Um, yeah, so it was complete opposite doing yeah, it virtually. So well, that's pretty cool. So you got through the regional heat and then what was the next stage? Uh, and then that put me into the top 10 around Australia. Really? Yeah. That's um, very cool. The only NT person as well. That's awesome. Um, so was that a cool thing to be part of? Have you done that before? Ah, no, that was my first time. 
Um, and it was definitely, I wish I had have done it the, like the traditional way of doing Nestle, but also I'm glad and thankful that I did it this way. You know, I met even just virtually, I'm friends with the people that I, you know, did the competition with. Uh, they all follow me on Instagram and we all just like seeing how we go in our careers. That's really cool. So speaking of Instagram, do you, are you sharing lots of food photos and food content or what's your kind of style? Uh, yeah, so I just created an Instagram page. It's called The King's Table and it will be where I share, like basically it's my journey as a chef and my main goal for it is to be like a mentor or a more model to the younger chefs and then, you know, everyone uses social media these days and I feel like it's easier to connect with the younger people via Instagram Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully along the way they can, you know, I'm learning, they can learn with me, you know, hopefully inspire them to become a chef as well. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely follow you as well and uh, encourage everyone listening to go and follow, um, the King's Table. Is that right? Yes, that's right. It does sound, it's a very, uh, it's a very cool name. It does sound, uh, <laughs> quite impressive. You were telling me offline that, uh, you have kind of changed the name a bit recently. What was, uh, what was going on with that? Yeah, so I did name it Food by King, but then someone mentioned that kings don't really cook their own food. And (laughs) if you think about it, like what you see on the king's table when he's about to eat is probably like extraordinary food. So that's hopefully, that's my goal to create extraordinary food. All right, great. So I'm following you now. It's uh, underscore the underscore kings underscore table. Just if anyone's following along, make sure they can uh, get the right one. And you can see there it says Taylor King as well, which is you. So, yes. yeah, everyone jump on and follow that one. Um, what's your, I guess, favourite thing when you're just cooking, whether it's for yourself or for your friends or family, what do you love to to kind of cook? Do you enjoy that still or is it seen as a bit of a chore because, you know, it's your job? Uh, I won't lie. I don't like cooking for myself. I'm more like I love cooking for other people. Um I do enjoy cooking for my family the most. It's a challenge because half my family is, in fact, vegan. So oh, when okay. I when I create food, there has to be a meat dish for my dad, a vegan dish for my mum. But <laughs> it's definitely a challenge, but I do love cooking for my family the most. That's great. Well, I was going to ask if you've got a go-to meal, but I suppose you do have to kind of do options if there's all those different people with different uh, you know, food preferences or dietaries. Well, actually, risotto is my favourite. It's easy to make vegan. All you just have to do is change the cheese. I use um, nutritional yeast to make it vegan. Uh, for Dad, I literally use normal cheese and add a bit of chicken to it. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's uh, an easy one to fix up. Yes. Yeah. That's great. So, you know, there's. I'm reading here not just the bio that you provided us, but with the one that we've got from your awards. Um, you know, if you don't mind, I'm just going to read that one out because there's a few different things in there that I'd like to ask you about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is back from, I'm testing my own memory, April this year, we had our awards presentation for the Young Achiever Awards, but the nomination would have been written, I'm thinking, in 2021. So it's this time it was saying uh, Taylor King was a kitchen tea member at Bat Mango and is now a chef at the Townsville Raff Base, which we know you've moved on from. In 2020, Taylor started the discussion about Cupcake Day, which resulted in the Darwin Convention Centre donating 200 cupcakes 
to an RSPCA fundraiser. So I'm going to pause it there because that's what I wanted to ask you about. You know, what is Cupcake Day and kind of what brought that to your radar to, to ask the convention centre to get involved? Uh, well, my dad was actually the manager of the RSPCA in Darwin and I did volunteer there and he mentioned that Cupcake, Cupcake Day was coming up and if I knew anyone that would like to donate some cupcakes. And I was what like, is, oh. What is Cupcake Day in Because uh, I uh, haven't heard about that. It literally, like, uh, I think recently, try to explain it the best way. So businesses, even just like volunteers, make a whole bunch of cupcakes. They either buy them or make them at home. And then they sell it uh, for a reasonable price. Usually it's about $4 a cupcake. And all the money and proceeds go to the RSPCA. Oh, great. Yeah, so it's like a, it's a big fundraiser. That's awesome. Yes. Um, so I did mention to, Dar uh, to Darwin Convention Center if they were willing to donate some cupcakes. And I did originally just ask for 50, but they're like, let's make 200. <laughs> Which, you know, that was a better result than I ever hoped for. For sure. That's great. 200 cupcakes. Not the best at maths, but uh, times $4. That's a great fundraiser. Yeah, they were all gone by the end of the day. I can tell you that for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can I ask, were you, did you get a chance to make some as well? Yeah, I made all 200 myself. Oh, you made them all yourself as well. Yeah. Well, it, it's a big commercial kitchen, so it was quite fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's really cool. To me, 200 cupcakes is like, as recently, I've got daughters who are five and almost four, and we made like one serve of cupcakes. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I was proud of myself because I used a non packet mix <laughs> and, they, and they helped me, but geez, it a, took a long, long time. Mainly because I'm, you know, not that good at it, and because they were helping, so just everything took forever. And I was like, well, I think we ended up with, you know, however many ten or something like that. Two hundred is a uh, is very impressive in that quick. But obviously, you got the equipment and stuff. Um, so yeah, you've done that RSPCA fundraiser. That's super cool. The next part of this bio says Taylor uh, has also hosted master cooking classes for students. So what was that all about? Uh, that was part of an outreach program that the convention center was doing. It was for a local school, the Henbury students. Um, and the first time we went to the school, we started talking about our careers. And that was the first step in telling them that being a chef wasn't so bad. There were a few people in that class that uh, cooked at their local uh, cafe and just wanted to know more about being a chef. And then they also did a site tour at my workplace. So we gave them a tour of the kitchen as well as teaching them how to make brownies and mint slice. And that was really fun, you know, to see their expressions. They're like, oh, making brownies is so easy. I'm like, it's easier than you think, that's for sure. And we also got to lick the bowl at the end of it. But <laughs> Always the best part. Yeah, it was definitely a memorable experience, you know, that, you know, gave me a glimpse into what I want to do when I'm older. That's, uh, that's really cool. And it sounds like that would have been a very rewarding thing to be part of, especially with kids who had an interest in it that were already kind of you know, doing working casual job there. And, you know, you've had a chance to really influence their career in that way. I think you definitely have to, if you want to inspire more people to be chefs, you've got to start young uh, in schools. You know, they can do, um, there's a lot of programs that you can do where students can go to uh, TAFE during the week and, you know, learn to be a chef early. 
So I feel like, yeah, getting them early while they're young, still deciding what they want to do in life, is the best way to reach them. Excuse my ignorance, but is it like, you know, for a young, whether a teenager or, you know, an, or a slightly older uh, young person or, or any age, to be honest, is it like searching for any job to try and find a, an apprenticeship? Ah, uh, yes. So I actually found mine on Seek when I was looking for my apprenticeship. Uh, also, the Australian apprenticeship uh, website also comes up with, uh, like, all apprenticeship job. Yeah, sorry. The Australian apprenticeship uh, website also comes up with uh, jobs that are going, um, not just in cooking, but like in any industry. So you can always look there if you're looking for an apprenticeship. Yeah, great tips. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, and then the bio uh, goes on to finish off with some things we kind of just covered, but also some other things. It says, Taylor made the top 10 finalists of the Golden Chef Awards representing NT. So that must be the Nestle one, is it? Yes, that is. Nestle Golden Chef Awards. Yeah. And this one we haven't covered. Uh, Taylor was a 2021 International Women's Day NT representative. So what did you have to do for that? Uh, so Nestle hit me up one time and they were like, oh, would you like to feature in like their International Women's Day feature that we do? It's like, oh, yeah, sure, that'd be nice. And like as most people know that um, being a chef, it's a male-dominated industry, not so much anymore. Uh, I do see a lot of female chefs, but they were asking simply like how I find being a woman, like a girl in um, the chef industry. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I got to speak to other chefs and their experiences as being a female in the chef industry. It's very enlightening to see that I'm not the only one, the only girl chef. For me, being a chef, whether you're a girl or a boy, you're just a chef. I don't really notice being the only female in the kitchen. I get along with the guys at my work fairly well. But, yeah, so when I when they told me if I wanted to be a representative, I was honoured. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, they, they were asking you, I guess, about your experience and you kind of said, you know, you don't really notice. But, you know, what is your the experience like, you know, in your apprenticeship, for example, were you, were there other apprentices alongside you? Uh, in my class, there was probably about three other apprentices and they just happened to all be girls as well. Um, the rest were um, a lot of older people who want to start being chefs later in life. So that was also inspiring as well that, you know, it's never too late to change careers or start being a chef. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Do you have a memory or maybe it was more just, you know, over time that really sparked you, you know, interest about, hey, actually, I think I do want to be a chef. Uh, yeah, I went to America for 12 months as an au pair and that opened my mind to, like, all different food cuisines. Like, you know, you live in Australia all your life. You don't know what's out there. So when I travelled over to America and I got to eat all these different types of food, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, it was overwhelming, but it was like, well, I want to do this. You know, I want to create food for people. So that, in a way, motivated me to try and look for an apprenticeship when I came back to Australia. That's great. Where were you, were you living uh, in one particular spot or were you kind of travelling around uh, the US? Uh, no, I lived in Illinois for my whole 12 months, but I was really lucky enough to have a family that liked travelling. So I was able to see quite a bit of America. That's really cool. And what was some of the you know, those cuisines or those 
uh, dishes that were opening your eyes? Um, the first thing, it sounds really silly, but it's the cheese that comes out of a spray can. Just <laughs> the first thing they ever made me try was that cheese on a cracker. And yeah. Well, no. you know what? It would, it's the exact same as what we do to Americans. They come over here, we make them try Vegemite. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly a culinary delight, but it's definitely something that's, uh, you know, stereotypical and, and kind of, you know, we don't have that cheese really. I don't think I've never seen it here. Well, so, I don't think many Australians will eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny though. I like it. Uh, well, there's actually a restaurant that uh, was Australian um, and I went and ate there. The food was really, really good. But to me, I felt like it didn't really represent Australia. It was Americanized Australian food. But that, that was like more how me wanting to cook with Australian food and local produce came about because I was like, yeah, I really need to represent Australian food here. Yeah, that's really cool. Do it, do it uh, authentically. Yes. That's awesome. So, yeah, have you started your new job up in uh, Cairns yet? Ah, yes, I've been here for two months now. And uh, where, where are you working in Cairns? I'm working at the Blue Water up in Trinity Park. Uh, it's amazing. Like the team there, it's probably one of the best chef teams I've ever worked with. They're very supportive of you and they know how much that I want to grow and learn and they're always challenging me every day that I come into work. Like every day is something new. Um, but, yeah, it's by far one of the best jobs I've had so far. That's cool. Tell us a bit about the restaurant there. Is that um, like a really big kind of tourist destination as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's like every day is packed. Like we do on the weekends, we get like 160 bookings. And like recently during the week, we've been having 110, which is a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a tourist destination. The food is, there's a bit of everything. Like there is tapas, there's pizzas, there's pub food, like you know, you're doing a bit of everything. Um, so it's not just the same food every day. And what's been, you know, your favourite thing to kind of uh, cook there? Is there anything that's been a bit different or, you know, or something that kind of stands out to you? I think it was making spring rolls. That was a nudie. So uh, nudie is, it's sort of like gnocchi, but it's bigger and you only get like three big balls on a plate. Um, it's very time consuming and it really pushed me in trying to be patient because it's a very long job. Um, but yeah, so that was new to me. You know, there was a first job I've ever done where I almost lost it. I was like, I just want to get oh, really? this done. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that was a bit of a mind sh uh, mindset shift, I should say, uh, to kind of, as you said, you know, going from RAF base where you're basically working alone, 200 people you've got to feed. So then this dish where you need to take your time and slow and it's a small portion, that would be really different. Yes, it was very different and challenging, which I love the challenge. So I'm always up for it. That's awesome. So it sounds like, you, you, well, you've told us that you're, you know, really passionate about helping uh, and inspiring young people. Have you had a chance to work with any apprentices yourself seeing since you've, you know, become um, a qualified chef? Uh, not in... Uh, far north Queensland yet um, I'm still making connections up here uh, but in the NT at both workplaces I was uh, mentoring and guiding younger people um, one of them at the convention centre he always 
looked up to me and was always asking me questions. And it felt weird because, you know, I was still an apprentice at the time, but he still, you know, he saw something in me then that I didn't see. So, yeah. Um, I haven't had much experience with working with younger people, but I'm hoping to do more of that soon. Yeah, something to definitely keep in mind that, you know, sometimes in my experience that you you almost have to wait for the opportunity and then just take it once it comes. You can't always invent the opportunity. Um, yes. Sometimes, you know, you can go out and seek it, but uh, it's not always possible when you're working full time and you've uh, moved to a new location. So I'm sure those opportunities will come uh, very soon. Yes. So Taylor, we'll finish up soon because I know you've probably got to prepare for your own shift uh, for work soon, but I do want to ask you, you know, you're inspiring other young people to get into food but what is it that inspires you uh that's a good question actually you know it's the satisfaction that i get at the end of the day when i see customers you know they smile when they get their dish in front of them they're laughing you know they're creating memories with family and it's seeing that every day that inspires me to come to work the next day and do it all over again it's just Food is like a universal language. Um, everyone, you know, it's how we express ourselves. Um, yeah, and like you get all the international students that come into work and they don't know how to speak English very well, but they know how to speak the language of food. So it's, yeah, it just makes me smile talking about food and just seeing people with it. Well, it sounds like you've found your passion and uh, you're in the absolute right spot. So that's fantastic. One last thing before I let you go is, you know, uh, quickly revisiting, you know, your involvement with the NT Young Achieve Awards. As I said at the start, a finalist in the Mindle Beach Travel, Tourism and Hospitality Award. So you couldn't make it to the event uh, back in April. You know, you're obviously in Queensland and uh, busy working. But you sent your dad to come and uh, represent you on the night. What was, uh, what was his feedback? Did you send him with, uh, you know, any messages or anything like that? No, he actually, if I were, like, he actually wrote the speech for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was very grateful for Dad for going in my place. It just, like, it just showed how much he supports me in my career. Um, and to see the photo of him holding my finalist award, you know, I shed a tear because I was really happy. Um, but, yeah, even though I couldn't be there, he definitely enjoyed it. He said, you know, he, he was sat at a table full of young people, so I think he did feel out of his comfort zone. <laughs> but, no, nah, he felt he really did enjoy it. That's great. Great to hear. Well, yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat with us, Taylor. Really appreciated hearing from you, hearing your story. Um, for me, I found it really intriguing just hearing about what it's like as an apprentice and, um, you know, coming up in the, the food industry. So, yeah, congratulations on your career today. And, can't wait to keep following along the progress on the King's Table uh, Instagram page. And uh, is there any other you know, things you want to plug or to invite people to connect you with? No. Well, I mean, the only piece of advice that I can give to someone is if you become a chef, your education is never over. You, like, you learn every single day. The industry is always changing and evolving. It like challenges you and the key is to like never give up you know, walking to work with your head up high, being a chef is like the best thing you could ever do. 
I think it's a great message for people in any industry in uh, starting out in their career. That's an awesome message. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. 